Great to see you all today. We're going to dive right into our message. I want to tell you ahead of time, I've been kind of fighting off a, a cold with a really bad cough. In fact, yesterday, I kind of freaked some of my staff out and said, man, I'm coughing like continuously. So if you guys can be ready to speak today, uh, that'd be great. And um, they all texted us back, gave me a thumbs up, but I know deep inside their heart was going, oh, Jesus, heal our pastor. So I want to give you a heads up, um, I might be coughing just a little bit today, but I want you to know that I've been fighting the good fight of faith this week by, by proclaiming what the Word of God says about me. Here's, here's what I find happens in our lives a lot of time is we capitulate and give up because something's been in our life for a while. And I think what God is really trying to teach us in some of those seasons is how to be tenacious, how to lean in, how to dig and burrow in, if you will, you know, Plants and trees typically uh, have their roots go deeper in a season of drought. And the reason is, is the, that's where the moisture is. And so I, I want to encourage us to recognize that our lives are going in the direction of things that we're speaking over our life. And if you're a little tired and maybe most of your life is good, but you've got a couple areas, a relationship, a financial issue, start speaking life over that and watch God literally start to change things right before your eyes. And so we just have to be faithful. So I'm going to invite you to stand up. We're going to make some declarations over our life because we do believe the tongue has the power of life and death. I met with one of our missionaries this week, Richard Dickerson, and he was just saying, reminding me even as we were talking that, man, it's so important that we recognize even speaking death over wrong things in our life. When sickness comes in, just tell it, sickness, you have no place in my body. It, re it really does work. And I say this quite often, but want to remind you again, Christianity works. We just have to walk it out. And we don't always feel it. We don't always see it as quick as we'd like. But God is always showing up and God is always faithful. So let's make these declarations together. Y'all ready? God is who he says he is. God will do what he says he will do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is truth. God's word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Christ has done, I am highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. Let me pray over you today. Father, I pray that in just the next few minutes, Lord God, as we spend some time together, Lord, that you would make us keenly aware, God, of how much you are talking to us. God, that you're speaking you're speaking about big things in our life, but God, you're speaking about tiny things in our life. And I pray as followers of Jesus Christ, we would become more aware as we go through this I Have Questions series, Lord God, that questions that are rising in our mind, God, we would go to the word to find the answer for everything that we need. So God, we're thankful today, Father, for your Holy Spirit showing up in our lives and we're leaning into you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, amen. amen. You may be seated. I, I've been, I've, we've been in a series, uh, I guess we just started it last week, called I Have Questions. I keep saying I've got questions in my Texas vernacular, but it's I Have Questions. And, and they're, they're, we want to answer both the questions that you are asking and the questions that you may not be asking. And again, the reason why I say that is because there are obviously some questions, again, that are urgent in your life, that are important in your life, that are at the forefront of your life, about life and different matters that really are important issues that we want to answer. In fact, I've gotten a few questions about, you know, does God care? And if God cares, why is there suffering going on in the world? And I was going to tackle that one this week, and I recognized it might be a two-week 
uh, series or message that I might need to do, and I didn't want suffering to get into Mother's Day. Um, how many of you know many of us cause enough suffering for our mothers? They don't need to come and hear a message on suffering. And so I'm going to kick that down the road just for a bit. But there are some questions that as followers of Jesus Christ, the moment someone says it or the moment we kind of really begin thinking about it, we really do wonder, yeah, I, I really want to know the answer to that question too. And so the, the question that I'd like to ask today is how do I hear God's voice? Now, some of you, I know you already get this. You already hear God's voice quite a bit, but honestly, it's one of those things that we get asked quite a, best, quite a bit. And so today, I want to talk about hearing from God. Okay, I want, to, I want you to know right from the get-go that you were actually designed as a child of God to actually to be able to hear from God. It's the way that God created you. And what many people fail to understand is that hearing is something that actually has to be developed. In fact, when they do studies of people that are talking and people that are listening, I don't know if you know, but it typically takes more energy to listen than it does to speak. Because what we're speaking is on the forefront of our mind, and we just on autopilot can start saying it. But when somebody's talking to us, a lot of times they're coming from a different point of reference than what we have. And so... We have to learn how to listen. We have to really develop it. And so sometimes when someone is talking to us, often we hear something that they're not actually saying. Has that ever happened to you? I, I do counseling with couples, and they'll say, well, this is what you said, and they'll go, no, that's not what I said. And they'll spend 15, 20 minutes arguing over that's what they said or that's what they didn't say. They could have said it, and they heard it differently, or they might not have said that, but that's the way they heard it. And so it really has to be something that we learn and develop because we sometimes don't hear correctly. There's a story about uh, a wife who asked her husband to go to the supermarket, which is always a, a circus in and of itself. And she asked her husband, she said, get a carton of milk, and if they have avocados, get six. So the husband comes back with six cartons of milk. And the wife says, why did you get six cartons of milk? The husband said, because they had avocados. Hearing has to be developed. We have to learn how to listen to what they're saying. But listen, I want to say it again. You were designed by God. It's actually created in your DNA as a child of God to be able to hear from God. And, and people will say from time to time, you know what, I can't hear from God. And, and, and if that were true, just want to let you know that it's not. But if it were true, you wouldn't actually be a child of God. Because our conversion, our salvation experience to become a child of God is a response to an invitation from Him. The Bible says that no man can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. It's not initiated by us. We just didn't up one day decide to be saved. And I would venture to say that when people who surrender their life to Christ and their lives on Sunday mornings here at Emerald Fellowship like they do often, most of them would not say that they heard the voice of God. We always want this Damascus Road experience, right? And I don't know if you know that term, but Paul, on, his on the way to Damascus, God knocks him off of his donkey. I was going to say a different word there, but God knocks him off of his donkey to get his attention. And we, we want that. But listen, most people, when they give their lives to Christ, they're not aware, but they became aware of their unsaved condition. They became aware of their need for a Savior, their need for God. So what was the result of it? It's the result of hearing from God. 
Is that making sense? Y'all, y'all tracking with me? See, so we have to change our mindset about what hearing actually is because it's not always comprehension. It's not always full understanding. It's not the evidence that we've heard that now we understand so we've heard. See, we have a tendency to put God on the same level as humans as we and I talk to one another. But God's languages are much more diverse than our language. And often God speaks things that are so deep and they're so profound that they are actually above our pay grade, so to speak. We're just not there. There are things that I can talk to with my grandchildren about that I can talk right over the top of their head all day long. You know what? I do it. I I talk to my granddaughters right now and I say, you are a mighty woman of God. You are going to accomplish great exploits for God that they don't get yet but I'm making deposits in their lives. See, see, God speaks to our spirit man, and he makes a deposit that sometimes takes days, weeks, months, and sometimes years to actually unfold. But God is speaking all the time. It's like someone in business who, who makes this decision that seems brilliant, and honestly, it turns out to be a gold mine. Or for you, you have a family member, you have a friend, you give this gift that was incredibly timely to their life, and you didn't even know that there was a need. We've all experienced some of those things. And we often think that we had the brilliant idea or we made that timely decision, not realizing that God was actually the one speaking to us about that. God was depositing things in our heart, that he actually spoke that sometimes during the night or, again, days and weeks before. And sometimes we don't even make the connection that, that God is actually speaking that idea to us, that he is the one depositing that thing in our life. And what you saw as just a brilliant decision or a timely coincidence was actually the product of the voice of God. God speaks. And he's talking all the time. Now, some of us would say, and maybe I'm asking you the question, how many of you would say that you've been in a season, uh, or maybe it seems like it's been your entire life, where you don't really feel like you're hearing the voice of God, but you really feel like you're sensing his presence? You're not hearing the voice. Show of hands, how many of you would say that? His voice is his presence. His word is his presence. See, when the word shows up, that is his voice. Every time I read a scripture, anytime anybody's on the platform reading a scripture, we're actually hearing the voice of God. We often, though, don't interpret it as his voice, yet it is. It's God speaking to us. It is clearly the voice of God, as clear as anything that we've ever heard. See, one of the ways he speaks to you and I is through his presence. I don't know if you've ever felt this way on a Sunday morning where you came, you've been beat up a little bit by the week, you've been challenged, you're dealing with some stuff, and all of a sudden one particular song just ministers life to you and suddenly, man, you're sitting up there bawling like a baby or you just feel the presence of God. You feel God wrapping his arms around you. His presence is his voice. See, Jesus said this in Matthew 4, 4, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You and I are alive today because he speaks. The the fact that you and I are here today is evidence that he speaks. God literally speaks things into existence. Now, we recognize it from Genesis where God literally spoke the world into existence, and we have a tendency to think, well, he's done speaking. He is continually speaking into our lives, creating new things, establishing things. So what we have to learn how to do is we have to learn how to live by faith, not by how we feel. 
So again, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, one of my favorite verses says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Would you say it with me? So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. One more time. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Now, I have taught and I still believe that faith comes from hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of Christ. That we continue to hear it over and over again. That's how faith stands up. But I actually think that there is a deeper revelation, even maybe a part that we've been missing related to what God is actually trying to tell us from this verse. Notice again that it says that faith comes from hearing. We've all been in situations where someone is talking to us and we're kind of nodding in agreement, but we're really not hearing because we're preoccupied, we're distracted, but faith comes from hearing. What is that you're saying? And hearing comes from the word of Christ, that Christ is speaking. So we want to learn how to hear God's voice. Now, some of you may be here today going, I actually don't want to hear God's voice. And probably the reason is, is you have the filter of God being mad at you, so you're afraid if you hear his voice, it's all going to be about all the problems that you did and how disappointed that he is. Listen, our God is a God of love, so you want to hear his voice. Because he, there are things about your life right now that he wants to talk to you about. There's things going on in your life that he wants to help you get better at, to grow in, to develop in. So we want to hear God's voice, not to find something in addition to scripture, but actually to clarify what has already actually been written in the scripture. That we're reading the word and suddenly God drops something in our lives that defines or helps us understand further what the word of God is saying. See, God the, the father spoke to Abraham. And he spoke to him and told Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac on the altar. And as the knife is actually coming down, the Lord speaks again and says, never mind. Now, how many of you know that Isaac was happy that his dad kept listening to the voice of the Lord? And here's the important thing to understand about that. There are many Isaacs in our lives that have been slain that have been destroyed because people listen to what God said, but they stop listening to what he's saying. Because what God said 20 years ago may not work today. And there are people that we get stuck in a rut sharing our faith, doing church, whatever it might be, because we're trying to do it what we learned 20 years ago and rather than understanding that God is saying things right now. See, it is actually the present tense voice of God that is actually the thing that causes you and I to have faith operating and manifesting in our life. I talked last week how faith is a gift that God has given us. The very nature of faith implies that I'm hearing. Let me say that again. The very nature of faith implies that I'm hearing. The fact that I have faith means that I'm hearing. I'm hearing what God is saying. See, that's what's happening when you have a situation come up and you're believing God for a breakthrough. You're having faith, a confident expectation of good. How did you have the faith? God spoke. He spoke through his word. He dropped a still, small voice. He, he spoke. It's my hope and prayer that what I'm sharing with you today is that we broaden our perception. We broaden our understanding of actually how God speaks. That it's not Charlton Heston's voice, if you watch the Ten Commandments, and every time you hear that, that's God. No, God speaks in a variety of ways. He speaks to us through his word. I, I shared that before. Listen, he speaks to us through his word. 
He's talking to you all the time through his word. He speaks through situations. He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through other people. Sometimes it's a really still, small voice. Suddenly you lean in and you hear the voice of God. But the main thing to understand today is that you were designed by God to perceive and hear the voice of God. He's created you to hear his voice. It's already in your design. Possibly not fully developed yet. It, it may not be fully, but it's in your design. And learning to hear is a part of the maturing process in our lives. A lot of people give up because they read the scripture and they go, I just can't understand it. It's a part of the process of maturing in our lives. In fact, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 says this, but solid food, start the stuff you can actually kind of chew on, is for the mature. Who, because of practice, meaning they, they need to develop this, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. They're getting their senses trained to discern good from evil. Human physical senses can actually be trained. They can, by immersion in the presence of God. They can be trained to recognize good and evil. It's kind of interesting because when people in the banking industry start training people how to recognize counterfeit money, they only study real money. They don't use counterfeit money and so but they, they become so used to the real that counterfeit begins to stand out. They, they see the real so often that when they see something counterfeit, when they feel it, they, they can't even explain it totally. But the way that it feels, are, man, there's just something off about the coloring. Listen, you, they just recognize that something's off. Listen, something's wrong with this. That's how you learn how to discern good and evil. You don't discern evil by studying the evil. And you look at all the bad things in the world and go, well, this is how I'm going to learn how. No, you, you, look, you get so immersed in the presence of God that anything that doesn't fit in his nature, you recognize as evil. It becomes aware to you that's not right. So what we want to learn is how to stay immersed in the presence of God. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to show up to church and we have to be in church all the time or that we have to be in our prayer closet and all those things are good and important. But day by day, moment by moment, we're inviting God to actually go with us into our jobs, into a difficult situation, into a good situation, into whatever it is that we're doing. We're inviting the presence of God because the presence of God is the voice of God. It's God speaking to you and I. And, and we're not always ready to understand. That's, that's something that we need to recognize is, again, because we read the Word of God sometimes, and there's sometimes we read things, especially if you're just starting out, that just don't make sense. And, and we're not always ready to understand or maybe even move in what he's saying. And, but what often happens is as we're worshiping, we, we sense his presence, and, and it connects to our spirit. Listen, when that happens, sometimes don't be quick to try to understand what he's doing. Don't analyze it. All right? Don't, don't get... The, the paralysis of analysis, that instead of enjoying the presence of God, we're trying to analyze it. Just be quick to be a pliable child. God, thank you for breathing into me today. Be like a sailboat with your sails up and allow his wind to lead you and allow his wind to direct you. We don't discover God through analysis. Listen, we discover him through a surrendered heart. We, we have the surrendered heart with God. See, it's not that understanding is wrong. God calls you and I to pursue wisdom. He calls you and I to pursue understanding. It's vital. It's important with our lives that we have in Christ Jesus. But the problem arises when we only obey when we understand. 
Let me say that again. The problem arises when we only obey when we understand. Because if we do, then we have a God that looks and thinks like us. And what God is looking for is a people who are yielded to him. A people who would say yes even before he speaks. That we need to be a yes man or a yes woman with the things of God. In fact, it's the heart that says yes even before God speaks that actually attracts his voice to us. He recognizes those children that are ready to say yes, so he's talking more directly and clearly with them. So again, we have this verse in Romans 10. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Listen, God will not speak inconsistent with his word. So when people tell me God told them to do something that I know contradicts his word, God will not speak inconsistent with his written word. Again, that's why exposure to his word helps us recognize his voice. It also helps us recognize the wrong voice. So when the devil comes and tells me I'm defeated because I haven't done enough stuff or I'm not going to be able to pastor because I've done uh, some wrong things, I recognize that is not the voice of God. Exposure to the word is what changes it. There's a story of a family driving on a mountain road and it's the son suddenly from the back seat says, there's a big rock around the corner. The dad slows down, drives around the corner, and sure enough, there's this large rock sitting in there. They're really impressed that his son could actually hear, so they, they went on and said, well, what else is God saying? And they said, God says we need to go to McDonald's. <laughs> and honestly, this is probably typical of most of us. We, we get it right once, so let me see if I can extend it to my will, right? I've got a great plan for my life, so let me show you, God. I heard from you once, so now let me tell you what I think God's saying. So again, so faith comes by hearing, but the capacity to hear comes from exposure to his word, that we're listening to his word. Listen, if it were just listening to his recorded word, you could put his word on your phone, and, and I do this, listen to it all day long and have great faith. And, and again, I like doing that. I'm not saying that's not important, but faith comes from hearing. Not the background noise, not the, okay, God, I gotta get my quiet time in, so let me read these verses as fast as I possibly can. It comes from hearing the living voice of God. Sometimes you're not even sure again what he said. You, you don't fully understand it, but you know that he just deposited something into your life. There have been many times, and I'm sure you guys have dealt with this too, that you, there's just a scripture that you just can't seem to get away from. You're reading it, and it's like it's becoming alive. I know in my men's group, several guys share this with me. Uh, one for me, many times, it's actually happened throughout my life, is the parable of the sower and the seed. And it just keeps coming back in my life. It's, I just couldn't get away from the passage. I didn't even fully understand what all that it was saying, but God was downloading things into my heart as I read and reread and reread, and I began to see things that I hadn't seen before. Y'all been there before? It's like the passage grabbed me. Something is happening on the inside of you because of what you read. Again, you may not fully understand it, but it's because of something you read. I believe that is biblical learning. Listen, it's where your spirit man learns before your natural man. Meaning you understand something on the inside that you don't really know why you understand it before your mind can even comprehend it. Again, it doesn't mean that you're not supposed to pursue understanding. I want to understand. I, I want to, as a pastor, be able to explain the things that God is explaining to me. But often our spirit man is the one that is actually learning first. In fact, let me remind you real quick, you are a spirit being. 
who has a body and a soul. You're not a body who has a soul and a spirit. You're not a soul that has a spirit and a body. You are a spirit being that has a body and a soul. And it's learning first. It's that sensitivity to know that God is here, that you may not even be understanding what he is saying in these moments. But you're willing to cooperate. You're, you're, you're willing to cooperate with whatever it is that he's asking you to do. You're not trying to lead God. You're allowing God to lead you. Because again, instead of it being Yahweh, we want it to be my way. Listen, and when you begin to discover that this seemingly passing thought that you should call someone or that you should say something to someone, and, and you do in a crisis moment, and you, your call, your text, your words were the very thing that they needed in that moment, it, it becomes a life changer. About a week or so ago, I was driving and running to the store. Uh, my wife didn't send me. I was actually going by myself. And I drove past a yard sale. And I'm, I'm not a big yard seller. I know some of you are. I'm kind of of the mindset, one man's junk is another man's treasure. And so, you know, say la vie, all right? But I'm driving by a yard sale, and I notice that there's a Yeti uh, cooler sitting out there. And I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of cool. I wonder if they're actually selling that. I thought, ah, I don't have time. Ran to the store. On my way back, I just thought, okay, I got to stop by and ask them how much they're asking for. Pulled over and asked, and they were asking good price for it. So I said, okay, um, now let me think about it. So I started to leave, and she goes, I'll tell you what, what will you give me for it? So I knocked the price down a little bit, bartering as I could, because I guess that's what you do at yard sales. Didn't want to disappoint the lady. Well, she says, okay, I'll sell that to you for it. So I took it, and honestly, I was at that moment probably thinking, eh, I don't really know if I want it. It's a little dirty, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, then this lady begins talking to me. So she goes, I, so I told her we actually live right around the corner. And so she said, oh, okay, so um, have you lived here long? We began talking. And I said, so do you live here with your husband? She, she kind of started to tear up. And she said, well, actually, about a month ago, my husband took his life. She goes, I don't know why. I didn't see any signs. Nothing happened, and he just shot himself. Man, my heart was broken in that moment. And so I went over and I sat down with her and we talked for a little bit. And she's asking me questions like, do you think he did it because of me? And I said, listen, you don't blame yourself. Listen, that's just the enemy trying to accuse you and trying to bring some fear into your life. And listen, that's not God's plan and purpose for your life or for your husband's life. And I got an opportunity to pray with her and minister to her. But listen, if I hadn't listened to the voice of God in that moment, I didn't know it was the voice of God. I thought it was all about a Yeti. But God wants to direct us in that. And on top of that, I got a Yeti for a decent price. The favor of the Lord is upon us all the time, chasing us down. So what I'm trying to say today is we always think of God, we invite God into the big problems, the big situations in our life. And God's wanting to minister in the everyday things of our life. And here's the thing, if you're not leaning into the fact that his presence is his voice, you might miss it. You might miss those opportunities. There's this other passage in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. It says, he upholds all things by the word of his power. So the entire universe is actually being upheld simply because he speaks. Listen, it's his voice that actually keeps us alive, that keeps us engaged. It's his voice. So much of what we understand about life is because of the fact that he spoke to us in the middle of the night. We, we didn't even know it was him, but he spoke to us through a friend. He spoke to us through a, a circumstance or through a situation. God said something to us, and he arranged all the players in our life. I'm always amazed at how much God is doing something in someone else's life that's attached to me, that what God's doing in their life is a part of what God wants to do in my life. 
He's arranging all the players in your life to deliver you a piece of information at a place and at a time that help you to make a decision later on in life. Because God is constantly growing us. He's growing you and I to be more like Jesus all the time, who was the word of God made flesh. And what he's wanting is his word to become flesh once again. To where his children are, are able to model something that is so real that it's exactly what they're seeing in the scripture. When they look at the word of God, they're going, that's what a follower of Christ is. That's what a follower of Christ is. Again, so that when others look at our lives, they see an exact representation of what is happening in the scripture. So faith comes by hearing, hearing, hearing. But the capacity to actually hear, the emphasis of hearing comes from the word of God. I think it's interesting that Jesus taught in parables. Uh, it, it, the way he was such an incredible communicator. But listen, he didn't just teach in parables to illustrate truths. He, he did illustrate truths through parables. But when the disciples asked Jesus, and some of you remember this from Matthew chapter 13 about from the parables, why Jesus explained, to the, explained things to people in parables. Jesus said that he taught in parables so that those who don't understand won't understand. And you read that and it kind of baffles you. But let me say it this way so that you kind of understand this. Jesus hides truths in parables so that those who are not ready to obey will not understand. Because if he increases the knowledge of those who are not ready to obey, he just increased their accountability. It is, listen, it is actually the mercy of God to conceal truth and make it only known to those who are hungry can find it. In the atrium in our house, Pam and I um, watch most of the movies or if we're going to binge watch a show, uh, leaning back on these recliners. Y'all got a recliner, a place where you just, man, you just chill out. And, and sometimes when we're sitting there, sometimes Pam will say, you know what, man, I'm, I'm going to get us something to eat. Do you want anything to eat? And I'll, I'll go, yeah, man, I'm starving. And and I wasn't actually starving enough to actually get my booty out of the recliner, right? I wasn't actually starving enough to go get it, but I'm starving enough that if the conditions are right, and if you're going to bring it to me and feed it to me like a king, I will consume it, right? And, and many people, they look at God's voice this way. If it's easy for me. If, Pastor, if you just make it super easy, and if it comes real naturally to me, if it's forced upon me, if I'm going to have to listen because my parents are making me come, if all the conditions are right, then I'll receive it. But I'll not give energy to get up and actually pursue it. I won't set my alarm clock a little bit early so I can get up and get into the Word of God so that I can say, good morning, God, before I say, good morning, America. There's not this leaning into hearing God speak. Can, can I just say it? Creator of the universe, God is speaking to you, his child, all the time. And listen, what would God say to us if we told him yes even before he spoke? He knows we're going to say yes. What would he say if we, we, we told him, I'll do it no matter what he asks? In John chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus is talking and he says this. If anyone is willing to do his will, man, I hope that's your heart as a follower of Jesus Christ. I hope, I hope the plan is not trying to figure out what I can get by with. That you're constantly in conversations with God of, God, what's the bill that I got to do to make heaven? Or what's the bill, what do I got to do to be blessed? 
But, but we have this heart of saying, if anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching. You're going to know, you're going to hear it, whether it's of God or whether I speak for myself. So what Jesus is saying is, if I'm willing to do whatever God says, my hearing will be clearer. I won't be distracted, and I will be able to discern the voice of God. See, the ability to be able to discern came through the willingness to obey. There was a heart of God. I want to obey. That's what positions us to be able to hear the voice of God. There's a story in, in John chapter 12. They don't have time to unpack, but people literally heard the audible voice of God, but they did not have faith to respond to it. In fact, some of them thought that it was just thunder. See, I, I believe it's possible and necessary to live in a continuous state of anticipation of what God might be saying and what he might be doing. It's why we encourage you from time to time in our celebration services to, to lean into what God might be up to. Lean into what God might be saying. It's, it's why we do the deep nights that we do. It's why we do the nights of worship. They're designed for people who want to lean into what God might be saying. I would rather hear what God is saying than what the bachelorettes might be saying. I want to lean into what, sorry, Brianna. I want to learn what God is saying and doing. Listen, it's not really about the number of people. I, I, I like it when the numbers are more because it means more people are hungry, but it's really not about the number of people that are showing up. It's about God showing up. Because he's going to show up every time we get together. He's going to show up in your life all the time. And for us to be willing to follow his lead. And almost every deep night I come, especially when we do a prayer night, I never know what God's going to do. And I'm always walk away amazed at what he did. Words that he spoke, leaders getting up and different people saying, this is what I believe we need to pray over. But we have to anticipate what God is really wanting to do. I have some friends, in fact, they're in the service today. And they talk so softly that every time I'm at dinner with them, you have to actually lean in to hear what they're saying. You know, and maybe you're eavesdropping on your teenage kids as they're whispering or talking real quietly to their boyfriend or girlfriend. You're, you're leaning in. The whole point is when we want to hear, we lean in. We, we focus. We give attention. We anticipate. We give it our undivided attention. And what Jesus is saying in John chapter 7 passage is the willingness to obey before he speaks is what actually attracts his voice to our situation. Two things that I hope you'll take away from the service today is, first of all, to recognize that God is speaking all the time. He's talking all the time. I, I'm not always aware of it, and sometimes I miss what he's saying, but he talks all the time. And the second thing is learn to live in a state of anticipation. Learn to live that I, I don't have to wait till Sunday when Pastor Richie preaches or, or when I get in the word that God is literally speaking all the time. So we're asking all the time, God, what might you be saying right now in this moment? I'm not sure how your conversations with God go, but oftentimes I ask him a question and he doesn't answer me right away. He, he really doesn't. He, I, I give him a scripture that I've read and I'm, I'm like, God, I really don't understand this. Now, God will speak to me, but sometimes it's not in that moment. Sometimes it's weeks or months later. But when you ask the question, this is important, you have a responsibility to recognize when the answer comes. Because sometimes it comes through a friend. Sometimes it comes through during a conversation that you're having with somebody, and they say something that they have no idea the questions that you had, and it illuminates something. 
They didn't even know they're answering your question. It may come from a podcast that you're listening to. It might come from a worship song or just maybe this sudden download, a a revelation, those aha moments in your life when all of a sudden you go, wow. But you're able to hear God's voice because you're anticipating the one who speaks. And so learning to position ourselves as hearers of the word of God and not just doers is huge. It really is because we're focused on hearing from God. It's interesting because the Bible says in Zechariah chapter 4.10, do not despise the day of small beginnings. What does that mean? Listen, don't discredit infancy. In, In other words, don't think it's inability when it's just small ability. I I can't understand God like you do. Don't don't despise God that. Don't don't despise God because it hasn't matured yet. Because when you discount or discredit the progress that you've made, you end up criticizing yourself. Or, Or you think little of yourself because of what you're not actually able to do. You hurt the progress that you've already made. Have you ever been around an overly critical person? Oh, no looking around. I see some of you looking at each other. Spirit of God is moving in service, and you turn to them and say, man, isn't the presence of God amazing? And they're like, no. <laughs> Listen, he may not be moving in their little three-foot circle, but he's moving. He's moving and touching people's lives. And that critical spirit, whether you're a worship leader, a pastor, a small group leader, just a regular attender, anybody that's growing and developing can cause you, if you're not careful, to see small ability as inability. We've got to get out of the comparison traps. It can cause you to despise the day of small beginnings. Listen, I watch God doing incredible things here at Amarillo Fellowship. Sometimes in the midst of the problems, we don't see it, but I watch God do incredible things, and then I watch the critics talk about, talk about things, and there are actually people that like us. There are people that come here, and if we're not careful, we can allow them to dig up a seed and kill it. Because it's not full-grown tree yet. When I, when I look around and I see all the powerful ministry, you know, today we get to be exposed to ministries that are happening all over the world. And when I look around and I see some of the ministries and ministers that are having these incredible moves of God, and they're doing these ministries and services like we're just beginning to do here, and they're like a delicious, fully developed apple. And when I look and see what we're doing, it's, it's like a little tiny apple. And, and it... If I'm not careful, I can it's just beginning to, to form on the tree. And it, it might be a little bit sour. Might, might be a little bit bitter. But it's 100% apple. Let me say it again. But it's 100% apple. And you don't steward into maturity something by discrediting it. Translate that now in your inability or your ability to hear from God. Never again say, never imply again, it's hard to hear from God. I want to encourage you, never say it again. It's hard to hear from God because it's in your nature. You are literally hardwired and designed by God to hear from God. Everything about you is wired and designed to perceive and recognize and have fellowship with the almighty creator of the universe. So your thought should be, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm better than I used to be. Right? It's not what it is now, but it's not always going to be what it is now. And it's our yes before he speaks that positions us to lean in and anticipate what it is that God is actually doing and what God is about ready to say. And most of the time, it's a subtle impression, just a passing thought that gets dropped into our mind, something like, say it's sold in Jesus' name. 
And that impression, that passing thought is easy to dismiss and, and it, as it is to actually get. It wasn't demanding. You actually had to lean in to recognize what's being said. Because at some point in our walk with God, if we're going to step out in faith, we get a little tired of protecting our own dignity and reputation. Let me just say that again. We, get, we should get tired of protecting our own dignity and reputation. In fact, God drops words into people's hearts all the time to say something to someone. But we don't want to do it because we might be wrong. And I understand that because if you were raised like me, it was thus saith the Lord about everything that was being said. And when it was not right, then they were like, well, I guess that wasn't the Lord. But listen, when God drops something into your life to say something to somebody, just say, look, this might be me. I really feel impressed by the Lord to tell you, hey, God's got a good plan for your life. Or, hey, the thing you're going through, I don't know if this makes any sense to you. You're going to go through it. You're going to come out the other side. We've got to step out in those moments. And what if I step out and do what God is saying? What's the worst thing that can happen? Nothing. And nothing's happening now, right? A little over a year ago, I was trying to sell a car. I was driving by it, and this thought dropped into my mind, say it sold in Jesus' name. Now, just so you know, I had actually read this a couple of years before in a book by Kenneth Hagin, who was trying to sell some houses, and they wouldn't sell, wouldn't sell, so he drove by them one day and said, be sold in Jesus' name. So I just drove by my car, and honestly, I'd been selling it for a while, nobody had looked at it, and I said, you are sold in Jesus' name. The next day, a man calls me and wants to buy my car. Listen, and he buys it for more than I actually thought that I would get out of it. The point I'm trying to make is it's not, a, it's not about the prophetic, though I'm for that. I love when we have people come and prophesy. It's not about signs and wonders. I'm for that too. I like it when God shows up and does miracles. It's about the fact that God is always speaking, and you have the ability to always hear what he is saying. Lean in. Lean in. Lean in, and you'll, and you'll recognize better what it is he's saying. Listen, but it begins with you having a yes before he even speaks. Let me read one more verse and then I'm going to close. I know I fooled you with that. Two things I want you to get away from this service as my closing earlier, but it wasn't. Thank you for the courtesy laughs. One more verse. 2 Corinthians 3.16 says, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now this verse is interesting to me because you would think that the veil is taken away so that someone could actually turn to the Lord. Because there actually is enough evidence to the voice of God inside of every human being that if they'll just turn to God for salvation, meaning I'm lost and he is not my savior for salvation, or to salvation of God, I need a healing in my life. God, I need a breakthrough in my life. If we'll just turn to God, the thing that has kept them from clear perception of the things of God is lifted and they see clearly. Clarity of sight is the reward for turning. If we'll just keep turning, keep turning, keep turning, we'll begin to see. And again, it's often the still, small voice of God, the impression that we get. So we want to grow clear in our clarity in which we hear. That regulates the clarity of the attitude and the position of yes to God before he speaks. So the answer to the question is, how do I hear God's voice? First of all, is to know that he's speaking all the time. He is. You got a situation you, you want him to invite him into, which I would encourage you to invite him into every situation. Lean into him and anticipate that he's going to speak back to you. 
You, you may not fully understand it as you're hearing his voice. You may not recognize it, but as you continue to allow that thing to fester, it's going to change your life because one word from God will change the trajectory of your life and the lives of everybody that you influence. So let's learn how to hear from God today.